Hey everybody, welcome to the 44th episode of MathCast. I'm your host, Christian. And I'm your co-host, Levi. And just a quick reminder, please follow us on Spotify, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, leave us five stars, leave us a review. If you have any questions or comments, you can email us at mathcoreindex at gmail.com. We do have a Patreon right now. You can become a supporter for as little as a dollar a month and get exclusive benefits. So I want to quickly thank our Patreon supporters at this time. So thanks so much to Jeff, Otis, Kevin, Phil, Eric, Chris, Tony, Mike, Senza, the band, Kent, Robert, Austin, Jesse, Eli, Jamie, Sam, Andre, Grady, Matt, David, Carter, Chris, Andrew, Christian, Pete, Nathan, Jeremiah, 30 seconds go, the band, Sonny, Daniel, Spencer, Dimitri, Eric, Jesse, Akoni, Rory, Chris, Caleb, Adolfo, Andy, Bebop, Austin, and Zach. Thank you so much, you guys. Really grateful for your continued support. I want to I throw this in here, um, especially just, you know, in uh, these uh, quote-unquote uh, hard times uh, we are in and about to enter. Um, we, I, we, I, I would like to just double thank everybody out there, and we really do appreciate any, uh, you know, uh, contribution. Yeah, exactly. We're extra special thanks to you for, for continuing, especially during a time like this, as Levi said. It's, um, you know, obviously people are stretched very thin, fiscally and otherwise, so... Yep. Uh, we, we appreciate you guys continuing to support us. Mm-hmm. Especially, uh, special shout-outs as well to 30 Seconds Go for coming on board this month. Oh, another thing... It's like the, the third or fourth band that we've got supporting us I now love directly. That, so. I like that full band support like that. Um, I was going to say... Uh, da, 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 shit. I, well, they get to plug every podcast, so... Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I really... I, I, I think it's a really cool thing uh, how everybody puts in their little, their, their two cents and uh, with your polls, uh, it, it really helps us out. I just find it... I find it more interactive and interesting and even when I'm covering a band now it's like oh right these guys chose this one I kind of like have that in the back of my head and it's almost like I kind of look into the band even more like what were they what were they going for here like why do they like this one you know that kind of thing yeah truly I definitely appreciate um, those of you who interact uh, readily with the polls because yeah it's it's fun to just kind of shake things up a bit and get some different input and yeah we appreciate that also um I kind of want to semi-officially announce that we're doing uh, Math Core Index 2020 live stream edition in July. Uh, tentatively, the week of July uh, 6th, I think? Yeah, the week of July 6th, more than likely. And uh, on currently, I think we've got like 10 bands, so hopefully we'll start making some announcements about that soon. Continuing the tradition. Yeah, you know, obviously we didn't want to do a physical event this season it just seemed just way too risky for everyone's health and considering now the new you know regulations revolving around moshing you can't you can't mosh right now apparently so that that seems like a fucking jip for any fan of heavy music so i figured it'd be better just to go ahead and live stream this year and hopefully next year things will be a little more relaxed with in terms of the uh the social distancing measures um <laughs> it is what it is you know yep. like just gotta roll with, gotta fucking roll with the times and we want to give you guys something to enjoy while you're in uh, in quarantine or just distancing from people. So hopefully we'll have some more news on that for you on the next podcast. So I think we're ready to talk about some bands. Let's do this. So the first band we're going to talk about is Half Slug. Half Slug are a heavy hardcore mathcore quartet from Sonoma County featuring the homies Matt Guthrie and Isaiah Halem of the Know Nothings. Speaking of Mathcore Index Fest, uh, these guys opened for us uh, this uh, in uh, 2019. You are right, Levi. Yes, they did. Um, Half Slug, even though... Well, I just want to talk quickly about their, their origin. They've been in the conception phase since, like, early as 2016, apparently. But the wow. band didn't truly announce... Yeah. So they've they just been, you know, kind of in the shadows between the breakup of the Know Nothings and 2019. 
is quietly working on stuff. Well, they, they announced their existence in 2018 with a series of like, really hype teasers, some... Uh, just like some fucking really great like snippets of riffs that definitely caught my attention at the time. Um, and they gained a lot of local attention by playing some shows, super high energy, live performance. I actually shared one of their clips around of them playing. Um, and yeah, they played our second annual fest last year in Oakland, Math Growing Next Fest 2019. And it was easily one of my favorite sets of the evening. That's right, we, we had them play our fest without having released any recorded music. That's how fucking hype we were on this band. I actually gotta say, um, this is something that you don't receive or see as much these days uh, due to everybody being uh, being able to just record themselves and everything. But um, I remember back in the day, in the MySpace days, where you would the teaser would just be a, like a live set or a live sh- like song, and you'd be like, what the fuck? And you would, he- you would have to wait for the recordings. I mean, I... Felt I, I felt they gave me this extra like twenty five percent of like oh my god like I was waiting for half slug to like record. Um, you want to know why that's better? Because it, it means they are the real fucking deal. All these bedroom projects are a little harder to get excited about when you see like it's a fucking group of people who are coming together and doing something really exciting and fun and they're super high energy. That shit is like is palpable, you know. Yeah. You, you I mean it's like instead of having like this like crisp clear like studio like written song and then you go and then you see him live and they suck i mean it is literally the <laughs> Rings co- of Saturn. It is, yeah it is literally <laughs> the complete opposite uh so well done boys uh this is definitely uh and i'm i know it's just two tracks but hey if you watch that fucking live footage it's these got those two songs and <laughs> you got to like at least you know hear them like this this way professionally done and it it i mean i i haven't this is easily my most anticipated recording of 2020 for sure. Yeah, I'm kind of like at a loss of words here. I'm kind of stuttering. Um, I just, I, I am shocked at how many times I've played these two tracks so far. Uh, <laughs> no doubt, <laughs> they're that good though. They're so insanely catchy. Like that, they play a blend of heavy hardcore, mathcore, um, and with what I would occasionally call the the southern rock tinge. Given those these of those pull offs. Oh, absolutely. Um, they they add the heavy groove for sure. And just like insanely catchy and angular guitar work, very memorable lyrics, some extremely solid and entertaining drumming, and all set to like massive breakdowns and punishing off-kilter grooves. You know, I, I love that set of unrecorded material they perform so much. I still go back and watch it occasionally. Uh-huh. Like they just they just have such a powerful stage presence, and it really inspires uh, one to mosh their brains out. Um, I'm I'm a huge huge fan in the vocal range of the vocalist. Uh, he really reminds me a lot of the, the. I'm kind of, I'm going back here on this one, but uh, there's a sac- there was a Sacramento deathcore band called Fate. Uh, F-A-T-E, oh yeah, dude, he really does sound like the, he, the original Fate vocalist, he, not Drew, but no, the other, the, no, the, the new, the new guy, right, right, not Drew. Drew was the first guy, but the guy who came after him. Fate is that? A, no, no, I believe Fate was was the other. I don't. Th- I think no. I think Fate was always just Fate with that guy. I don't think Drew. No, no, dude. Really, they, Fate had Fate had Drew Winter in the project. That is one of the best was fucking Drew, eras was of the it, band, yeah. actually. Remember Fossil Fuel Genocide? That was with Drew Winter, and that song fucked. Was that is that later or is that earlier? If, for those that don't know, Drew Winter is the vocalist of Conducting from the Grave, um, and the vo- vocalist of Shadow of the Colossus. Yep. Um, so just I- incredible. Sacra- Sacramento has got one of the best fucking scenes the, in existence. Um, honestly, that time period anyway. I would say this the the vocalist I'm speaking of would be uh, the vocalist on their uh, like only like full Middle length. Blade yeah, the release. Uh, uh, Vultures that album. Yes, yep. exactly. And they subsequently were booted from the label for kicking him 
out or yeah there was yeah they i mean they were on and they were off like immediately like like yeah (laughs) they fucked up they fucked up big time and got booted from the label and now the members of that band play country music (laughs) (laughs) you can't make this shit up dude kyle fishman the guitarist play he they and the drummer um Devin, I can't remember his last name right now, but they they both moved to, to Nashville, Tennessee, if I'm not mistaken. I'm pretty sure they both became country musicians. Like the the drummer, Devin, did a is like now notably famous for doing a cover of a Taylor Swift song, like an acoustic cover with this like um this girl. They're like in a like in like kind of a, a shady grove. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, really got off on a serious fucking tangent. Let's get back to half. Yeah, yeah. I was like, um, so uh, I mean, naturally, it reminds you of the vocalist of Fate is what what you were saying. Yep. Evan reminds you um, of. So, I think the guy's name is Justin. Yeah. Uh, uh, on top of that, I just want to say, um, my one, my one. <laughs> that was a epic tangent. My, my one. Yeah. We. we I, I basically sprinkled in deathcore, and we just went off there. Uh, Whew. Uh, I would like to say the one critique I have is... Are you recording? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, natu- na- yeah. Naturally, I'm going to request lyrics, um, especially for these two fucking songs I've been waiting for forever. But, uh, you know, um, you know, you guys can send them to us. It's all good. You know, I just you know, like to, I, <laughs> to read and see what the That's funny. Is. You said, I, like, the, the vocals are not, like... The vocal performance is super brutal and guttural, but it still has, I was about to say, it has, like, lots of diction and discernible lyrics. Oh, you can tell most of the lyrics, absolutely. Right. Like, they aren't exactly subtle, like, but they're simple and effective. Like, and fuck me if they don't get me pumped and want to dance. Well, yeah. In fact, you can actually definitely spot me losing my mind to their set in that footage, <laughs> if anyone cares, dating myself over here. but See, see those little arms flailing around, like, oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> Frog stomping. Yep. I was having a good old time. I've been waiting to fucking mosh to that band forever. I knew exactly. I, like, had the songs memorized already just from watching the, the clips. Um, I, I also, uh, I want to I wanna say that uh, apparently from the title of this album or this EP, uh, I am waiting for Isolationism Part 2. Uh, hopefully. They've they've got at least, I think they've got at least eight songs written as far as I know. Yeah, well, I mean, they, they had enough to fill the, the set for sure on, a, on, on at the fest. So, um, I guess out of these two songs, which one is, is the banger? Dude, they're both fucking bangers. Are you kidding me? Like... <laughs> like this EP is rather short, you know. It only it's only two songs. Like it clocks in at barely four minutes. But fortunately, they recorded their most exciting material, and they managed to deliver a really solid performance here. These two songs have a lot of really interest, interesting stuff going on rhythmically, um, and it's definitely stuff that you'll find yourself humming all day because it's just that catchy. Again, I just gotta reiterate: this is one of my most anticipated listens of the year. And the excitement of their live show just translates so well into these fucking songs, especially with the first track, Nothing. Like, the beginning just pulls you right in with those drum clicks, you know, um, which is a really big highlight for me in this band, by the way. The the groove that just kicks off this, fu- this song is just fucking devastating, too. Like, Isaiah's drumming is incredibly creative and sort of melodic in its own right, with, like, really great attention paid to sort of adding extra emphasis with the cymbals on catchier parts. Just, like, great, satisfying cymbal play. Um, the guitar work is super angular and somewhat dissonant, but still remains absolutely infectious, which is one of their big strengths. Um, especially in the middle of the song, which just, of course, like collapses into a giant breakdown, overlaid with those like subtle like synthesizers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's actually on both of the tracks. Um, yeah, that second song here starts off again with another catchy kind of angular riff. Uh, 
I love the way it starts off with that, that solo bass, you know, that just fucking is just like, oh my God, you know, it's just about to fucking hit. Yep. Like, um, and again, the drums are here are just so much fun and had so much attitude and subtle variation. Like, again, I always talk about botch, how the drummer of botch kind of sort of makes you think that stuff is like changing drastically when it's really just the drums that are kind of like changing the feel while the drum, the guitars are playing like the same thing. Well said. Um, the kind of the same thing happens a lot with half slug and uh yeah just ends in a similar way to nothing with those atmospheric scents in the background but i think there's a little more attention paid to the build-up and therefore the subsequent delayed satisfaction through hinting that final breakdown you know what i'm saying like, yeah they hint at it and then they kind of take it away and then they finally deliver it at the end of the song as opposed to just like the immediate recapitulation of the uh like the main like kind of like a riff but that all that being said, I think nothing is the track that we should give our listeners. But of course. And if you're a fan of uh, Stray from the Path, Every Time I Die, and Knocked Loose, those are the influences I really heard jumping out of me here. Oh, yeah. Um, um, I, I, uh, one other thing. I, I do appreciate this album aesthetic that they got going on here. It's like this interesting like late 90s like like grungy feel like they even got the parental advisory uh sticker on there and stuff um i just i'm <laughs> yeah, I'm, totally. I'm, I'm i'm a big fan of just the simplicity of their uh, album artwork so uh shout out for that yeah, i think their whole approach is kind of that way isn't it i mean as you were saying earlier with the the doing the kind of reverse of what most bands do nowadays which is just relentlessly fucking give you um studio teaser clips without even actually played any sh- playing any shows I think that was why Pillar of Wasps was so hyped because they didn't really release any music and I just saw some like I saw a couple like practice rehearsal clips and then I saw them playing some fucking gigs and it's just like okay yeah this is the real fucking deal it was so cool to see everything go down live and just uh, to know that that this that these because I mean I mean they're 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 probably all in their in their later 20s or mid 20s or whatever but I still view them as like young blood um, and I just uh, I definitely am stoked to see that uh, they they put in the time and then they 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 performed and then you know they came out with this so uh, just you know after all the ass kissing I've done here <laughs> uh, just uh, one more time just uh, thanks for fucking getting these two recorded yeah fucking massive shout out to these boys it's good to have some fucking local dudes doing some real fucking exciting good shit we we fully fully endorse half slug absolutely Go fuck with it. yep so we're gonna play for you nothing which is track one from half slug's new EP. Isolationism Part 1, which came out on May 1st of 2020. Here we go.
All right, so that was Nothing, track one from Half Slug's new EP, Isolationism Part 1, and it came out on May 1st of 2020. Woo! So next, we're going to give you some more local boys. Uh, next, <laughs> we're going to talk about Novato Wilt. Novato Wilt are a mathcore quintet from the Bay Area, Oakland, Pacifica, and um, somewhere, somewhere else. <laughs> All of the Bay <laughs> as far as I know. there. Yeah, exactly, from the fucking the Bay to the Breakers. That was a really bad, bad... Bad reference. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever done Beta Breakers, by the way, Levi? Absolutely not. I'm so surprised. That's such a quintessential part of a San Francisco experience. Getting drunk at 10 a.m. and walking up fucking Fell Street or whatever it is. You know, it's uh, it's a unique experience, and you, you gotta you gotta enjoy it when social distancing measures have been relaxed. Um, and the the the, if the they ever do the first the first few years I was here. Uh, naturally, I would probably already avoided all. Uh, you know, just because, but, uh, I, uh, I worked at the dispensary like every year. So like it came through that area down, down in the mission, you know, and down by Soma. So you'd see it come by. Uh, yes. Uh, and I remember just always the times just trying to fucking, you know, just being blocked out by running drunk people is pretty interesting. All right. Levi and I are easily distracted. So getting back to Nevada Wilt. Oh yes. Yes. Nevada. <laughs> Nevada Wilt. I know. We're just like, Hey, at least, at least, at least Nevada Wilt can, uh, <laughs> agree with us here. Right. Am I right boys? Huh? Hmm? All right. Um, so although I'm not, exactly certain when the band formed Novato Wilt are relatively new seemingly who only started back in December at least with their, their they played their first gig back in December that is and they had just released their debut single Bad Wolf back in April which I was uh, I was lucky enough to catch that first and first show and film it at the Honey Hive you Gallery in San were Francisco that um, to be honest with you I was trying to find something of them but I remember that was just like your cell phone stuff it wasn't like you posted it anywhere it was just like wasn't didn't you just put it on a story or something no, no, I filmed their entire set and put it on YouTube, so I'll link that really? for you in the description. Yeah, yeah, thanks, bud. Yeah, it'll be in the description of this episode for those of you who want to watch that. They're really fucking good. It's just the the sound quality is kind of asked because I filmed it with my PowerShot, which is like my only camera right now. But we are about to bit, uh, buy a new, nicer camera, hopefully a Canon Rebel or something along those lines. Um, But anyway, yeah, so they just played their first gig back in December, released their first single in April, and they play a style of feedback-laden chaotic hardcore and mathcore with technical and blast beat heavy drumming, fast and dissonant guitar work, and really like high register kind of like wildcat vocals from the homie Alex Veos. Yeah, kind of like this kind of like a punky energy in a way there. Very much so, yes. And his surname is actually the namesake of a Feral Lux album, funnily enough. He <laughs> actually rolled out to... He, dude, I'm not sure if you remember him, but he rolled out to New York for Mathcore Index Fest 2018 to see them play, and you can see him all over their set. Really? Yeah, he's got the curly hair, and he's holding a camera. He's, like, filming their set at the same <gasps> Holy time. Holy shit, that dude. Uh, yeah, he skateboards he everything, too. He jumps on stage too. and does yes. guest vocals, yeah. That is a solid motherfucker right there. Mm-hmm. Just a fucking a big-time homie. He rolled out to the fest as well. Just a fucking real, real good dude. And, um... God, it's just one of those bands that you see and just immediately know it's something special. They're, they're truly one of those next generation bands that are really inspired by all the bands that I grew up with, but um, they simultaneously still embody like forward thinking music. Uh, unfortunately, all we have to discuss right now is this single, mm-hmm. but this still absolutely crushes and needed to be discussed here. There's just no way we couldn't ignore a local band like this coming out with some really fucking strong material. Yeah, you basically just got uh, the uh, half slug there, uh, kind of like Sonoma County, like wine country area, and now we got uh, these uh, Bay Area boys. So it, um, yeah, pretty fucking nice little touch here. I think Sonoma County is still te- technically the Bay, but oh, I know some people you, might you, might raise an eyebrow. Uh, like me right now at you <laughs> saying Bay. that. 
people call it the North Bay. I don't know. I don't make this shit up. Mm-hmm. It's just people say like fucking anyway. Um, <laughs> so they, they <laughs> this is a whole another discussion for like Bay Area memes, not Mathcast. <sighs> uh, so they, they really kick it off with that classic kind of chuggy and wonky odd time metalcore before launching into like a super catchy D beat sequence. All I converge. I'm just gonna say it like, which I would honestly pin as their primary influence along with Dillinger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, the latter of which is not readily apparent um, in this particular track, but live it certainly came through. Um, in about 30 seconds into this tune, though, I think maybe you'll hear what I'm saying. One thing I loved about this song, though, was the melodic midsection, which kind of reiterates its melody through a little arpeggiation, um, which is like breaking down the chords into individual notes as opposed to playing them all together at the same time. Um, and yeah, live this band was also bringing... I know it's kind of probably hard for you to speak at length about this uh, because it's just the one single, but... I just want to say that live, they were also bringing more breakdowns as seen in the end of the song with vocal hooks and guitar lines that really reminded me of The Chariot. Oh, like just, fuck. Like, I'm not sure. Go back and watch the footage and you'll see what I mean. There's one song that is just like very Chariot um, and even newer bands like CU Space Cowboys. So there's a bit of something old, a bit of something new. This is the kind of forward thinking, but simultaneously kind of nostalgia uh, inducing music that we really kind of gravitate towards. Um, you got anything else you want to add, Levi? No, man. Um, I, I have, I definitely have a little less to say just for the fact that I didn't get, I was, I didn't, uh, make it to that show. Uh, so I definitely just have, Damn, this I should have forwarded you the footage so you could have a little more context. Yeah. Well, you didn't bud. So this is where we're at. <laughs> you got to do your research. <laughs> Google. <laughs> you Google. Or text me. Ask me, you motherfucker. Oh, All right. Um, so yeah, if you're a, con- a fan of Converge, Dillinger, The Chariot, I think that you will really enjoy this. So we're going to listen to Novato Wilt's debut single, which is Bad Wolf. And that came out on April 16th of 2020. Here we go. Yeah. 
All right, so that was Bad Wolf, the debut single from Novato Wilt. And that just came out on April 16th. So next we're going to give you some listener questions. I just set up a Voxer for Math Core Index, so if anyone wants to call in and uh, leave us some thoughts, some questions, some comments, some complaints, some confessions. I already said that. <laughs> if you want to tell us how much you love us, we really just want to hear that, actually. Mm. Um, so let's play a couple of those now. Here's one from, from the homie Jeff Lassars. Oh, there's a few of them, actually. Let's see what he has to say. Hey, yo, what up, dog? I'm just chilling, watching a movie right now. I got some questions that I want to ask, but, you know, after I'm done with this movie, I'll do that. But for right now, I just wanted to let you know I'm here. actually fuck it I can't wait um so god damn it Jeff between you and Levi um uh so between you and Levi um do you guys prefer Sativa or the other one (laughs) so between you and Levi uh do you guys prefer Sativa or Indica strains um or Sativa dominant in a hybrid or Indica dominant um, I feel like Christian really likes Indica, and um, Levi likes Sativa. <laughs> Thank you for that question, Jeff. J- um, Jeff, my question to you, did you have a bird in the background the whole time? I just heard, meep, 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 <laughs> like a chirping bird. Does he raise birds? Yeah, that sounded like a bird, it did. Or maybe just a, a continuously beeping fire alarm? That's disconcerting. Well, we've always called him the bird man, I guess. Now we know why. <laughs> For that reason. <laughs> Good old Jeff the Birdman, we used to say. Um, no, but to answer your question... Oh, shit, I need to turn my fucking gate down. Um, to answer your question, my I prefer sativa. I, uh, yeah, I prefer sativa for musical purposes, for creativity, for just thinking outside the box, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I like Indica a little bit like more in the evening. That's more of my, my evening thing, obviously, as it is for everyone, but... I'll, I'll pretty much smoke sativa any time of day. Like, I won't smoke indica any time of day. What about you, Levi? Um, it's kind of funny. Uh, I, Obviously, hybrids are the perfect comment. Like, if I really had to, I would pick an OG Kush. Like, that's my favorite. Or Sour Diesel or Gorilla Glue. If we're going to... like, my favorite strains. I mean, if we're going to nerd out on just weed in general, basically, it may be a sativa or indica. Everything's a fucking hybrid, if you think about it. But right. anyways... Um, I, which, what, what do you prefer, though, generally speaking? Which 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 which, uh, which traits do you favor in terms of the effects? Like, uh, sativa yes, or indica? I guess, I guess we'll, we'll go sativa. You and I always always dabble in the OGs and everything like that. We're always like... I mean, honestly, it's more about terpenes for me. Um, uh, that, Truly, that's, me too. Yeah. Uh, so all, all, all that, uh, I, I would just say sativa is all in all, just um, for that reason, I guess. But man, when you're when, man, that, if it's gassy, no matter what it is, I won't say how no. How dare you, know? you ask me a weed question and then put a box around that weed question, Jeff? Fucking <laughs> goddamn it, <laughs> hurts my head. That was good. Yep. Okay, so um, we've got one more here. I don't know who this is from because it's just usernames, but I just have because Jeff used his name for his username, but. Here's another question from Snake in My Toothpaste. <laughs> hey, fellas. Just want to say I really appreciate the effort you put into the podcast and exposure you give to great bands. Got me into fond limbs, winning the trees, yeah. all this good wow. stuff. I've always loved the heavy music, but I never really met anybody that was also into the same kind of stuff. Like Ed Gein, 
as the sun sets see you yeah, next yeah, Tuesday and yeah. me and calling us Rose yeah, West yeah. etc etc <laughs> but um these I'll days I'm out. listening to the podcast and I'm talking to people on discord and I'm meeting people online in general and maybe meeting people who are into the shit IRL by immersing myself more to the music scene in my town uh, and again I think you guys are responsible for and kind of act like a catalyst for bringing like minded people together oh it's Kevin and most of all you bring the tunes so never stop bros thanks for the music Fuck yeah, you're the fucking boy, Kevin. Thank you so much for that. I really appreciate that. Yeah, that was awesome, Always, man. Yeah, honestly, that, that is the most single most rewarding thing about doing MathCore Index and MathCast and anything associated with that, affiliated with that, is that we bring, we feel like we're bringing people together. There's a big-time sense of community, and it's just awesome seeing the bands and the people come together and, like, make friendships and form bands. And Like, for example, the, uh, the bassist of Under the Pier met the other guys through... The Math Core Index community page. They just put like a call to action for bass players, and they they got him. Yeah, uh, there are uh, quite a few different my uh, uh, there are a few different uh, Facebook groups uh, going on right now that uh, other than the Math Core Index community, then like the MySpace MySpace one, revival. That, yeah, yeah uh, uh, I mean there it's I mean there's like some shit posting, but there's a lot of good just reminders of, of bands. I mean especially like Math Core Index and everything. Just randomly they'd be like, oh hey, like um the other day somebody posted a bucket full of teeth one two three and four the album, and I'm like yeah bucket full of teeth like members of Orchid and shit like holy fuck and like. It's like uh, it's in this in this obscure like like, genres of extreme music that we're into. There's even like subgroups within this extreme music. So it's just it. I mean, it's almost like I we need these these groups and these and and friends to remind you of like this random album that came out ten years ago. You know? Yeah, you're absolutely right. Some people just need that reminder. I mean, it's not not everyone's like us, where they're just like encyclopedic practically about remembering every single band. But, but we're like that because <laughs> some people need that reminder to remember that me and him called us was a thing, for example, like you just was saying. Well, I mean, like, well, I mean, in his message, you know, it, it, it sounds like he's the only guy in his town that's kind of into that kind of stuff. And thankfully, no, nah, no, nah, nah. I don't think so. He's from Massachusetts. I'm pretty sure he's from the Boston area. But even, so, but even to find people like, you know, you're you know, you're in your 20s and 30s or whatever, 40s. Like, it's I a mean, little more niche, to be fair. I guess maybe you're right. Oh, yeah. yeah. Anybody that's like, you know, you go to a, like a black metal show, you can't like talk about Sawtooth Grin. You know, I mean, that's pretty you, like distinct <laughs> person that you're speaking to that is like, oh, yeah, Sawtooth Grin. Da, 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 da. Like, you know, so yeah, it's it's pretty niche, man. You're right. It is. And again, just it, it's fucking it's really rewarding to see that happening. Yep. So thank you so much for the listener question, guys. Hell yeah. And uh, Ron Voxer and the URL. Let me give you the URL real quick. I can't really remember what it is. It's something. <laughs> oh, I it's, tell uh, you, it's something. <laughs> it's web.voxer.com forward slash u forward slash mathcoreindex. That again, that is web.voxer.com forward slash u forward slash mathcoreindex. So send us a voice memo. And I, I linked that in the instagram and on the facebook group a couple other places hopefully you can find it twitter go find it there later if you can't find it um just by me saying it so next we're going to talk about worm hero worm hero are a cyber grind nintendo core synthy mathy hardcore <laughs> band from stoke on trent uk yeah <laughs> pardon me um from Stoke-on-Trent, UK, featuring members of Requiem of Torment and Forget Our Names, both of which have been covered on this podcast. 
And Worm Hero started late last year, as near as I can tell, releasing their debut EP in August, and now they're back with their... Or, yeah, they released... I'm sorry, that was a little backwards. They started sometime last year and related, released their EP in August, and now they're back with their first full-length, Eat It Up, which is a concept album centered around the titular character's comic book exploits, or something it's like it's like there's a, there's, so there's, i couldn't really there's there's like characters and they got a planet and there's a comic within that planet that they're talking mm-hmm. about like it's like yeah uh it, this is so zany but i like it um it's kind of great yeah i couldn't really follow if there's an overarching narrative or not i guess is what i'm trying to say um yeah. as it makes reference to worm hero being both a comic book and a live action series so <laughs> I, yeah i had a lot of questions i was confused but man. let's talk let's talk about their sound real quick so they play, as I mentioned earlier, mathy and synth heavy cyber grind with dis- dissonant, like heavy guitars, heavily processed, like shrieked and growled cookie monster vocals, <laughs> and uh, which are like almost like borderline comedic. And then the synth, as you would expect, is like so in the foreground of the mix. Um, so if that and the occasionally comical vocals aren't your thing, you might struggle with this record, but. Essentially, this is like the theatrics of Guar and the musical aesthetics of bands like The Locust and Horse the Band. Every every song is pretty much like a joke title. Um, I do wish they had lyrics, even though each song is like super small and short. It would be fun to have the lyrics with this to read along and see what the fuck you guys are talking about. I mean, if you're yeah, gonna, every song is like a five line lyric. If you're gonna have this this much storyline to it and all this shit, you might as well put the fucking lyrics on here. Yeah, talk about story. They spent a lot of time, it seems, building the lore and the backstory of the universe in which Worm Hero exists. Um, from their band camp, actually. Worm Hero is the brainchild of the renowned Shitquark twins, Zandra and Jezebel Shitquark from Planet Junko. God damn it. <laughs> it goes on to say, Worm Hero is a well-known comic book in the Sim... Simibona cluster where planet Junko is located. I hate you're making me say this. The influence of said comic on their songwriting, although not entirely apparent lyrically, has been noted as profoundly disgusting by fellow Junkites and Magrai. So there's that. That's a that's a that's a damn good write up. <laughs> that's a damn good write up. So this is like very theatrical and like a plot oriented concept <laughs> space grind, essentially. Truly space grind. Um what tracks did you like, Levi? All it's right, like a twenty-track album. It's fucking yes. huge. Uh, naturally, I—I I mean, first of all, the f- track one was just—it grabs me, and I was like, "Uh, what?" And then you go, you keep going, you keep going, you keep going. Um, I, honestly, track uh, fuck, where was the one? Uh, track five. Uh, Grog and Greg, on the off chance he wants a drink, which is unlikely of the dead. Um, track five was <laughs> great song title. I and it's kind of hard to read with this black and purple of my my eyeballs. I should have got my glasses, but yeah, uh, fucking. Uh, I, I would say track one and track five grab me. Um, but there's too many. Uh, this is honestly this was more of, of a ride, and that's kind of how I treated it. Um, I kind of saw how short the songs were. I'm like, all right, I guess I'm just gonna plug these bad boys in and just like listen to the whole thing. So it it it. It reminded me so much of Minus the Bear. Not Minus the Bear, I mean uh, Horse the Band. Uh, Minus the Bear, jeez. <laughs> right, um, right. Horse the Band that uh, it just it brought just a, a smile to my face this whole time. This was very enjoyable for how zany it was. Um, I got to say that another time. It was awesome. And that's going to be a trend on this episode going forward. You'll uh, see we're talking about a couple yeah. of bands that are very similar. Um, the tracks that I liked, though, were Dragon Ducks Season 1, Episode 7, Aqua Ducks Revenge. Which, which, which <laughs> one is that? That's track two. Um, oh, that one's good too. Yes. 
very dissonant and spacey, mm-hmm. grindy guitar leads, pulsing and mechanical blast beat drums. Um, I also liked track eight, just getting a bit deeper into the album. On Land, the Sea, the Sky, and the Starry Void, also a great song title, which had uh, some of the more interesting sequences, rhythmically speaking. I liked a uh, theme song of A Trickster, which had this really weird balance of those zany and mathy guitar lines that are broken up with those weird, that weird melodic refrain, She's All Yours. Um, <laughs> that was actually working for me. Some of the other highlights for me were Worm Hero is a Weird Superhero. Uh, I also appreciated the fact that they attempted a Crystal Castles cover at the end, which even if the execution wasn't perfect, it was just really fun. I did I not. Yeah, I did not know that. Oh, it does. It says Crystal Castles cover. Hilarious. Okay. Right. I didn't pick up on the first listen at all. I went back and I looked at the caption. I was like, no shit. No wonder that was so fucking familiar. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um. <laughs> damn. That's good. Uh, there's a lot of work <laughs> into this. I mean, it's just. It's so funny that you guys. Yeah. Wow. I'm blown away. Yeah. If you, this features the homie Jesse from again, forget our names and. Requiem of Torment, I think this is their best stuff to date. <laughs> I think they really dialed it in on this one. It's tight. Um, but the things I did not enjoy about this record, just being completely honest, I didn't enjoy the low register and at times comedic Cookie Monster vocals or the occasionally pitched vocals as seen on songs sung by anal cavities. Mm. Um, I suppose maybe they do seem somewhat ironic and they actually kind of do work in the context of some of these songs whether or not I personally enjoy it. So I guess that's just, you know, they do work. So I support, that. I support your critique. Um, the cookie monster vocals were definitely, um, I view like when I, I got, I viewed them as comedic. Um, and when I was listening yes, to them, I'm like, I think they were, and, uh, like they seemed intentionally ironic yeah. in that way. And if you're a fan of, uh, the locust horse, the band and albatross and occasionally arsonists get all the girls. We're going to make those same comparisons for like, two other bands in this episode. Yep. Um, you're really going to enjoy this. So, um, I think we should go ahead and give them track two. Cool. So we're going to play for you Dragon Ducks, Season 1, Episode 7, Aqueduct's Revenge, which is <laughs> track two from Worm Hero's new album, Eat It Up, and that came out on March 10th of 2020. Here we go. All right, so that was Dragon Ducks Season 1, Episode 7, Aqueduct's Revenge, which is track two from Worm Heroes' Eat It Up, which came out back in March. Such a mouthful. So next, we're going to talk about Orphan Donor. Mm. Yeah, this is so good. Uh, Orphan Donor is a grindcore screamo solo project from Allentown, Pennsylvania, featuring the homid, homie, <laughs> homid, homie uh, Jared Stimpful of Secret Cutter and October Skyline. So great pedigree there. October, excuse me, Orphan Donors started back in 2010, releasing their debut album that same year, followed by a split in 2012, another LP, Empty, in 2013, the red cover of which I vividly remember making the rounds online, uh, a collection of rough cell phone recorded demos, and a split with Pretty Mouth in 2014. Pretty Mouth was sick. 
Uh, a single in 2015, a collection of singles and EPs, uh, rather a collection of singles and an EP in 2016, and now he's returned with another full-length album, Old Patterns, which came out back in March. Since we're forever playing catch-up anyway, we felt this needed to be covered. We're going back to March a lot this episode. Um, I want to possibly correct you. I'm pretty sure the drummer, he, he drums, so this guy, he drums for Secret Cutter. Um, I don't believe he was in October Skyline. I'm pretty sure it was just the vocalist. He was. Well, he was. No, he's he was the drummer of October Skyline. I've told you this repeatedly, bud. No, I thought really. I I thought he was. I thought the only vo- the only person in in Secret Cutter was the vocalist of October Skyline. Basically, that's what uh, that's what my understanding was. I guess, um, but because I'm yeah. pretty sure he's the drummer of Secret Cutter, dude. No, so uh you know, we, do you know what Christian? Dude, I'm we should have done about our this. research. <laughs> you should have done your research. Now no. you're making me second guess myself. I know he's a drummer of Secret Cutter. I know, but uh, what I'm saying is, I don't think he was. I don't think he drummed for October Skyline. I think only he did, point. dude. He's the one who sent me all of this footage. Really? Okay. <laughs> yes. Interesting. He's the one who sent me all this footage of the funeral bird and daughters and an albatross. This all came from Jared of Secret Cutter and October Skyline. All right, Jared is also an orphan donor. Jared, c- <laughs> correction. Uh, sorry. And I love you. Okay. You fucking, you absolute fucking donkey. <laughs> uh, you know, you, you had make... me like, I'm all high and confused now for a second there. I was like, wait, did I just like embarrass myself like multiple times online by tagging secret cutter in these statuses? I, like I, you I, had me, you had me in my head there for a second. I got you on tangents. This one fucking okay. fuck you for making me do that. <laughs> you asshole. Um, um, <laughs> anyway, so back to, back to Jared and, uh, orphan donor here you you definitely nailed you nailed it with the screamo grind though um uh that is totally how i would describe this um i almost want to say i enjoy this more than uh secret cutter um especially comparing i agree i do too uh it's like definitely definitely a confession for me too i i think i like this project more by and large than secret cutter now it's just like they've he's managed to deliver so much interesting material over the course of this discography oh absolutely and this album is really just exceptional I, uh, he he gets it. He nails it. This is just fucking perfect. I don't even know what to say here. I, I with my notes, um, it's pretty minimal. This was so enjoyable. Um, you blast you blast through the album, not too fast. He is I mean, the, the tracks go from two minutes to five minutes. Uh, once again, fuck. I would love to see some fucking lyrics, but we don't we don't got that. So uh, I guess uh. Just, he doesn't want to share with us evidently whatever um but yeah this is just such a, an awesome grab bag of hardcore grindcore and screamo influences it's essentially a, a tech grind with heavy screamo influence and it's such a wonderful throwback kind of combination that you don't really see too much anymore you see a lot of like chaotic quote-unquote screamo bands but very few that are like grindcore I mean, Carnier is like the one band that I can think of off the top of my head, but they're like kind of more like blackened. Yeah, they're definitely more blackened. Um, anyway, talk about the sound more. The vocals are super harsh, shouted mids. The drums are fast and blast beat oriented, and the guitars are usually melodic tremolo picking or staccato. Um, and it's all peppered amongst like feedback laden breakdown. So it's kind of everything I'm describing is stuff that I love. This really just hits me like in the right spot. Yeah, they they, uh, they definitely have a touch. Of, he he gives a, a touch of groove uh, at, at parts. Um, Dude, you took my mouth. You took it right out of my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> you took my mouth. You <laughs> son of a bitch. Um, yeah, Body Fire was a big highlight for me. On that note, they that really reminded me of the first song off Miko's Segunda Muerte, with that catchy six eight groove, which also reminds me and just inherently of Cult Leader. 
Uh, I also liked Saliva is a Bitch with that bouncing and kind of yeah. like mesmerizing ostinato. It's very similar to the last track, or Body Fire too, actually. Uh, sorry to interrupt. Uh, Salvia, Salvia is a bitch. Oh. Which is, is, it, is which, it Salvia? Yes, oh. which I would agree with. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck Salvia. Uh, yeah, um, but uh, yeah, honestly, I, track one, Hamsteria, it, Hamsteria uh, is, uh, it, it grabs me immediately with that, That's also with, good. with that drum fill right away in the beginning. It's just like whoa, what? And I mean, he, I, it makes me just sit down for the rest of the fucking record. Um, I honestly, my favorite track was uh, was track one for that reason, just the way it grabbed me with that drum fill. That one was not my favorite. I didn't feel like it was as exciting as the rest of the record. Yeah, I feel like Salvia as a bitch was very strong. I felt like track number four, Pole Disdain, which I really felt like he was heavily channeling Converge there. Um, I also enjoyed track six Old for that stains. same reason. Yeah, that, that, that was another uh, uh, a favorite of mine. Old Stains, yeah. Um, along with that just probably being the most chaotic and abrasive track on the record, especially with those staccato interjections and that feedback-laden fucking breakdown at the end. It just <laughs> smacks hard as fuck. Um, very, very satisfying track six, Old Stains. I also liked track number eight, Body Fire. Uh as I was just saying earlier, but that that sick fucking catchy groove. Um, I think we should give him old stains though. I think that's the fucking the winner for this podcast ultimately. Dude, dude, in his in his description, he fuck. I, I'm gonna agree with you. Let's do old stains. But in his description, I just noticed he calls out like what he sounds like, and it's like for fans of Page Ninety Nine, Jerome's Dream, Examination of the. That is one a lot exactly. of people forget about. All is, spot is, on. Everybody forgets about. I feel like a lot of people forget about Exam. And then he drops as Do the sunsets. But I feel like a lot of people yeah. out there forget about exam. Along with everything you just mentioned, the project also reminds me of Converge, Discordance Axis, and Gridlink. Gridlink, like yes. Yes. It's like those three... It's like two sides, you know, three different bands from two different sides of the spectrum kind of coming together, converging together, I might say. <laughs> um, <laughs> Christian, you... Um, but yeah, just again, as we were saying earlier, fun grab bag of screamo, grindcore, and hardcore, and there you have it. I mean, he he's kind of spells it out for you in the influences. Yeah. And maybe we connected the dots a little bit more for you. Yep. Damn. Awesome. So let's go ahead and give him uh, Old Stains. So Old Stains is track six from Old Patterns, and that came out on uh, March 13th of 2020. Here we go.
right, that was Old Stains, which is track six from Old Patterns by Orphan Donor. And that just came out back in March. So next, we're going to give you your release radar for the month of April. So first, uh, Ulcerate just dropped their new full-length album, Stare Into Death and Be Still. What an enchanting and macabre uh, song title, huh? Dude, this album is so a good. fucking slammer. It, I mean, I l- it's a long literally one. Literally, haven't had time to listen to anything but the single. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 definitely <laughs> it's definitely ulcerate. Um, but man, it is a dark ride. Just you know, definitely light a joint and fucking sit back for that one. I'm looking forward to a, a time when I have chance to do leisure listening for stuff we're not covering, or I'm just trying to listen to on my own. But yeah, I'll, hopefully, I'll get to that today at some point. <laughs> so fucking lame I mean, there's a, like there's like three or four other albums i'm still trying to catch up on um indwell by Methwitch. that's you're gonna see that popping up on some year end lists boy i tell you what mm-hmm. uh baja blasted by codex orzova featuring members of noise says which we'll be discussing later in this episode hoarder of operations by terms featuring the guitarist of yaoi and <laughs> think about that i was like who's it again <laughs> which just came out on skin graft records should have put a cheat sheet in my notes there. Uh, <laughs> Colony Collapse by Worm. Fucking what a goddamn banger. And that just came out on Prosthetic Records. Permanently Delete All Items by Infinite Hex. Also talking about that later in this episode. Uh, forward slash, forward slash, forward slash, or three by Rotting in Dirt. <laughs> great little great little EP. Um, we, we're going to talk about them, but... It wasn't quite enough. wasn't enough material to really discuss. Maybe we'll get it on the next one though. Um, unacceptable, unexpectable rather, by Arbus, Japanese mathcore progressive metal. Really fucking great band. Unfamiliar with them. Unfamiliar, man. They're so good. Like they dropped a really, really great EP back in 2008, I believe, called A Recess in the Wall. I posted them on Broken Circuit Monologue. I've showed you the band a number of times. They sound like BT Bam Dillinger. Uh, and that kind of stuff meets the Mars Volta. It's really, really excellent. Hmm. Okay. Um, and then uh, a bunch of singles dropped. Josh Travis of Glass Cloud and Tony Danza dropped a single, a single with the vocalist of Monuments. Uh, in dropped three new singles. They've got an album coming out on Closed Casket in July or June, I believe. Defeated sing- uh, Sanity dropped a new single. New album coming out on Willow Tip. Uh, Nevada Wilt dropped that single we talked about earlier. Soul Keeper dropped a single. Miko dropped two new singles, uh, and Basil's Kite, a great Australian mathcore band, dropped a single and a music video that you should absolutely go investigate. We'll probably talk about them next episode as well. So that was your release radar for the month of April. So next we're going to talk about Codex Orzova. Codex Orzova are a Nintendo Core mathcore quartet from Baltimore, Maryland, featuring the homies Anch and Noel of Noise Says. Codex Orzova have apparently been around since as early as 2012, according to Facebook. Uh, <laughs> but the project's first release only really came to fruition this year. So Codex Orzova have just released their debut album, Baja Blasted, uh, which came out back in April. And they play synth-heavy metalcore and mathcore that really harkens back to, surprise, surprise, the MySpace era, bringing heavy synths, growls, and screamed vocals, uh, gutturals that wane from chugging, to very technical and occasionally like proggy and jazzy, especially with the leads. Man, I got I'm I'm so blown away. This 
this as far as like where we are calling it nintendo core but this was so well done it's very tasteful i didn't find it like goofy or zany um this was very refreshing to hear this um it, it was like horse the band kind of just chunked and beefed up their fucking sound um that's all i really got to say man uh this i i i grabbed this on bandcamp uh like to a week whenever it released and fuck man uh, it, it's been on constant rotation it's once again it's very refreshing to have a full heavy kind of N- nintendo Corey album that i'm enjoying mm-hmm. at this time at, at 2020 um it's it is very 2012 and uh, be, in behind that you know yeah again it's kind of it's kind of throwbacky but it is it's uh it's a it's a great album though this is a really a really fun listen um and to talk about some tracks that i enjoyed i really enjoyed ei evil evil uh which was one of the more technical and interesting tunes on the album i also liked sacred geometry which has some big number 12 vibes and a really nice guitar lead i also liked ma is earth track number nine which had some really piercing hot 8-bit synths towards the end of the track that just really cut right through the mix mm-hmm. um that was a highlight for me. I also liked track 10, A Thing About Machines, which has a really fun and like pitch-shifted staccato intro that leads into the songs, uh, one of the album's more impressive sequences, and it just collapses into a massive fucking breakdown. Uh, honestly, well, um, <laughs> well, to talk about some things that I did not enjoy, though, were the, the first track. I felt like it, it really stands out like a sore thumb in respect to the rest of the album's quality. It, it seems a little out of place in the track listing, honestly. Yep. I would agree with you, for sure. It was just, that was like the most overtly Nintendo Core tune on the album. I think that's why I'm saying that. It's not like it's not a good track in its own right, but in context to the rest of the album, I felt like it really fell short. Like it was just kind of, it basically they should have called it intro. Maybe they did call it intro. I can't remember if (laughs) they called it intro or not. No, 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 it's called uh, Program to Die. Thank you. Um, It should have been called, they should have called it an intro, but parenthetically, because that's sort of what it is. You know, it's really just a, um, a primer for the rest of the album, but it doesn't really hint at the fact the rest of the album is so much more like technically proficient than that first track. Now that it's on constant rotation, uh, or since it's been on constant rotation, I will admit I kind of like skip like after like 30 seconds, I'm like, all oh, right, right, right. And I kind of skip over that first track. Um, EVI, I do too. EVIL uh, track two and then track six Baja blasted were two that I, that I really, really enjoyed. That's funny. Cause I, I felt the same way about the title track. I felt like it just, it kind of, was overtly Nintendo core for the sake of just being so. And then it yeah. also just teases you with this buildup that doesn't even lead to the corresponding, excuse me, the corresponding breakdown. And that really left me unsatisfied. <laughs> you didn't put the, you didn't, you didn't do the breakdown that you were hinting at that bothered me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I also think they might've gotten a tad derivative on sort of a fool with that guitar line. that just sound like it's lifted straight off all shall perish. But um, that said, I still like the track, so I forgive yep. you. Um, <laughs> overall, I think maybe the issue here is that the second leg of this album is just probably way stronger than the first. So that's probably why I feel that way. Like, um, but you know, all that being said, the performance from all the members on this record are super clean and polished. Uh, and Schumann's guitar work is a major highlight for me. I think his contribution is especially evident in some of the albums faster and more technical sequences. Like he just shreds some really fucking sick solos on this record, some leads and honestly, I felt like some of it could have fit on a noise size record, especially with the second leg of the thing. Um, that's pretty much all I got to say, though. Like, despite all that the criticism I just laid down, I genuinely think this is a fucking great record. 
and it, for what it is especially. And if you are a fan of Horse the Band, Arsonist Skittle, the girls especially, uh, number 12 to a lesser degree, I think you'll really in, enjoy what Codex or Zova have to offer. Nailed it. So we're going to go ahead and play for you Evil, which is track two from Baja Blasted. And that came out back on April 30th of 2020. Here we go. Alright, so that was Evil, which is track two from Baja Blasted, the new album by Codex Orzova, and that came out back in April. Finally something a little more current. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're almost there, folks. Next episode, we'll be talking about stuff that actually came out in May. So next, we're going to talk about Infinite Hex. Infinite Hex is an instrumental cybergrind progressive metal solo project featuring the homie Otis of Ornithologist Akaname and Stress, uh, the latter of which, of those three, we've discussed on this podcast. Infinite Hex is a new project releasing their debut EP, Permanently re- delete, excuse me, Permanently Delete All Items, back in April, and another new single a few days ago, uh, both of the covers being done by the homie Jeff Lassars of Sunflower, previously of Goner and Sayo, who also did the cover of the Calistavoys Die on Mars. So, great photography for the covers. And you should absolutely uh, commission Jeff for your future album covers. I know I am. <laughs> Boy, <laughs> I know good. I, I am. genuinely. I mean, that's a big plug, but I genuinely like his eye for photography. I think he takes really good photos. They're creative. They're fun, and they're definitely very well suited for album covers. He's a funny, funny motherfucker like, too. What's that? He's a funny motherfucker too. <laughs> he is. Yeah, he's a hoot and a holler. Um, so they spend a lot of. Uh, excuse me back to Infinite Hex, they play a style of cyber grind with a lot of uh, progressive metal and mathcore influence with electronic elements very much at the forefront of the presentation in the mix. The guitars are angular, 
super technical. And as you would expect from like a program drum project, you know, they're, they're super fast and um, mechanical, but they're, they're very excellently done and they, they switch perfectly between like acoustic quantized samples and more like digitized breakbeats. Um, and the synths are also very prominent in the mix again, as you'd expect from a project carrying the cyber grind tag. Uh, but this manages to almost kind of like transcend that tag. You know what I'm saying? Like it's the quality and diverseness of this project. Uh, it's like the synths are in no way an afterthought, you know, they're very well strategically placed within the strong, the song structures. And I, I think that this is something um, he really perfected on the newest single, especially, which is just significantly better in sound quality. It definitely is. Uh, God damn it, what I would do for some fucking vocals. But, uh, you know, it's my only, it's my only thing. I, you know, That's certainly I, my one critique, is that this project could use some vocals. Maybe yeah. you should get Jeff to do vocals in the next one, Otis. Boom. <laughs> there Boom. it is. Boom. <laughs> um, it, it is, it's a good one-man, one-band group. It's a, <laughs> one, one man man. <laughs> one man man, yep. One man man. Um, but, yeah, like, the new track is really excellent. Like, I think that... Uh, it kind of like leans into the synthesizer element a bit more. It really was channeling for me other synth heavy metal and cybergrind projects like Genghis Tron, especially around the minute and 17 minute mark of that new song, which just really hits the spot. And as you were just saying, I want a full length of this, even if it's only instrumental, but um, the vocals obviously would, would make it just a little better. Yeah, just a little better. Um, some tracks that I liked though, this is so fucking funny. Smirking in somebody's face has never gotten me anything but punched, which <laughs> is a Facebook status I posted a while back in response to those shitty smirking MAGA hat kids. Um, <laughs> so he literally quoted me and used it for a song title, which is honestly, that is a fucking classy move, my G. Like we did that. Antarctica did that for Nick Prozo. Remember he said, Dude, Aqua Teen destroyed Boston's life. Yep, yep. Aqua Teen des- destroyed Boston's life is the theme song to this podcast. So, <laughs> dude, uh, to tie that all together for you, I love it. I, I noticed just like you know, he's got. Um, this is just like uh, this is ultimately a dude that's like go uh, buying local. He like literally had the homie Jeff do the do the artwork, and then dude. I see his logo is done by Hunter Durr of a uh, sleep sculptor, I believe. Yeah, right? exactly. Um, I think that's really fucking cool, man. This is legitimately like the Facebook group right here, uh, kind <sighs> of like c- another together. example. Uh, exactly, just another fucking classic example of the community coming together and collaborating. You got Hunter of Sleep Sculptor doing the logo. You got Jeff doing the photography and you got fucking Otis who's just the fucking absolute boy you know he's a fucking OG of of several great bands and um another track that I liked was getting the fucking robot Jeff which I'm pretty sure is something somebody said online as well and no doubt a reference to our Jeff who did the art um and it has some really sick progressive metal type riffs and this is from the first EP by the way yep yep um, but my favorite track off the EP is the titular one. It just has that really interesting sort of glitch element in the heavy left-right speaker play. Listen to this album on headphones. I think you'll get a better listening experience if you listen to it on headphones. The first EP, that is. Um, anything else you want to add, Levi? I really don't, man. I got nothing else to say. It's just a pretty, pretty fucking awesome piece here, man. I'm stoked. Really, really, did this. really I good shit. Yeah, I, I, we wish you had vocals, Otis, but. We forgive you. This is fucking quality. 
And I think we're going to play the new single, right? Mm, absolutely. Great. So uh, we're going to play for you Infinite Hex's newest single, Weaponized Atrophy, which just came out back in May, on May 11th. Fucking releases an EP in April and a single in May. Love the direction that we're heading in terms of prolific. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he's very prolific. <laughs> All right, so we're going to play for you Weaponized Atrophy, which is the new single from Infinite Hex, and that came out back on May 11th. Here we go. Alright, so that was Weaponized Atrophy, the new single from Infinite Hex, and that came out back in May. So next we're going to give you a few more listener questions. <laughs> so the homie Scott Sh- Shepard asks, well he says first, thanks so much for sharing so much rad music. Do you guys take submissions? Yes, we absolutely do, Scott. You can send us an email to mathcoreindex at gmail.com. Um, if I see that it's copy-pasted and that it's not even pertaining to the stuff we usually promote, then I'll probably automatically delete it without even opening it. But mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, that's just my knee-jerk reaction. If I see that it's fucking some post something or other thrash, you know, thrash over something, or your hip hop, or but, your or your friend's hip hop project, um, yeah, that as well. Make, make, yes. make it, for everyone who's sending, yeah, exactly. Please don't send me any fucking hip hop projects unless you're Void Dweller or doing something mm-hmm. comparable to that or Chaos Light. That's with a K and an H. Um, cause that dude is fucking killing it. You know, if you're like math rap and you're sampling fucking, you know, math core bands, sure. Slide into my fucking DMs. I'll humor you. 
Other than that, though, get the fuck out of here. Um, <laughs> not to say that I don't, not to say that I don't love hip hop, but this is a mathcore podcast, so it, give me something to work with for fuck's sake, you know? Yeah, it's already niche enough. Just you know, we're giving, we're being already pretty specific with you, you know. <laughs> and as niche as we are, we still get a ton of fucking totally superfluous, you know, non-pertinent submissions. So mm-hmm. it is what it is, though. People are just trying to fucking get heard. I understand it's hard. <laughs> so um, the next question comes from. <laughs> the username is what is it Joe Grandpa Joe Sister Joe something I'm not even going to read the rest of it uh, I know they're not exactly math core but how do you guys feel about Poison the Well Levi uh, fucking amazing Tears from the Reddit is is my shit um, Botchla is a banger that's confirmed yeah yeah man um, I have nothing to say but awesome things um, them and Hope's Fall were my two first like I would say metalcore bands I started listening to when I was I guess just entering like middle school or whatever. They were, yeah, definitely like I would say some of the m- more enjoyable, chunky yet singy bands mm-hmm. ever um, would yes. be Poison the Well. So, yeah. Kind of post hardcore in that way. I mean, yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely. I think they're they're massively influential. They're not like one of my favorite bands. Like, I definitely wouldn't throw them. I, I struggle with them in Glassjaw for that exact same reason. Thursday, I know we're getting deeper into like purely post hardcore territory, lacking the metalcore kind of yep. influence, but. Um, yeah, th- those are bands that I all struggled with, but I definitely appreciate them in terms of influence. Like, will I listen to them? Probably not. I don't really go back and revisit them, other than when I see like Hellfest footage or whatever. But yeah, they're they're a solid, extremely influential band. Yep, and, I I, uh, I go I, I go back to Poison the Well. I, I de- they definitely were a little bit more in, uh, influential, I guess, in in me growing up. And I would I would say just yeah, they were just a great uh, starting off point. So I'd say fuck I- yeah to them. I think they are for most people. Another co- a question comes from Sean Tesaurus. How many Mathcore fans does it take to screw in a light bulb? 43. Easy one. It's fucking yeah, easy. That was, Give yeah, us a that hard was question. Super simple. Yeah, come on now. That's the, that's the number, Come on, man. dude. At least try. <laughs> the next question comes from Mad Mike Love. Where do you get off? Well, usually in a, a sticky sock. <laughs> or a wad of Kleenex, you know, depending on the mood. I choose not to. <laughs> Levi has been edging for a month. <laughs> he's uh, he's real. You just you just touch him, he's gonna fucking explode. You know, <laughs> he's ready to burst any moment. The real reason why we're not recording together. Uh, any any slight vibration, you know, my voice is very low register, so we're afraid that he's just. I'm gonna be like Levi, and he's gonna, you know, just fucking squirt, fucking. Anyway, uh, yeah, that was absurd. He he goes he goes on to say. Please get horse to release a vinyl box set. Need them shits on vinyl. I don't think any any amount of convincing from Mathcore Index is going to make Horse the Band do anything. Do you know what you, would, can't, you can't literally cannot tell those guys anything. You you what would what would work is you give them money and the money that they want and then they would do probably anything. You know, it's probably how most things work. Just yeah. got to pay those motherfuckers enough to, to you know make it enticing enough. And I just don't think vinyl sales are going to be that enticing <laughs> for them to say yes to it. That's not true. I disagree. I think that if they were to crowdfund a 300-unit run, they would sell out in seconds. I think. If oh, they were to, it, oh! Any it, any repress, they would be sold out immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but again, we're talking about a band that is like dead, basically. Like maybe you should buy vinyls from bands that are actually doing shit. I mean, I guess they yeah. just played a show back in December, but but it's not like they're writing new music. I'm pretty sure they just kind of did a little reunion. 
I'm pretty sure when we saw them live, they said they had absolutely no intention of releasing new music or really working on anything, or they hadn't been working on anything, so... Yep. Maybe I'm remembering incorrectly, but... Again, I, I don't think that uh, Math Core Index can influence Horse the Band to do much of anything. I actually want to... Um, I am a firm believer that certain records shouldn't be repressed... Um, just because of how special they are and what it was, yeah, and does, I feel like 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 how pizza like, party really yeah, are you gonna need yeah, a vinyl repress? No, I mean do, what what the pizza party is is a rarely is a rare pressed record that if you were lucky to have it enough, it came in the pizza box and everything, and that's what it is. Like I I don't want a repressing of the pizza album, you know. I just think certain things are just like they are out there and don't ever fucking like don't touch it, like that kind of thing. Um, I would I would jump at a, a repress of the Mechanical Hand or Arborlax though, for real. I would I would um, buy those. So there, I, I, a little small little side thing. Uh, I mentioned the band Examination of the, and this is like going on what I was saying. Um, Exam uh, came out with, oh no, this wouldn't be Exams. This would be um, the Love Lost but Not Forgotten and Joshua Fit for Battle Split Seven Inch uh, that came out like oh I believe God. it was like, two, like 99 or 2000. So so what story a goes. Combo. Yeah, story goes is that. Uh, I, I, somebody can correct me I've just always heard this and this was like folklore even coming from the Midwest but um, <laughs> that 7 inch uh, they pressed they pressed 666 and I'm pretty sure a, a portion of them were lost in a trucking accident or lost in some kind of accident um, so there's only like half of the 60, 666 are out there and I have one of them and it's just crazy to see the, the, the hand numbered 1 out of 60, 666 but then to think like some of these don't eat like half or a portion of them don't even fucking exist like don't don't ever reprint that that is like that thing itself is just it's a relic you know i mean you can find the the, the digital uh recordings of most you know records out there i just yeah certain things you shouldn't be touched so on that that you know, kind of got me on a tangent there but no i totally agree that was i think that was a very for a good answer in response to the question you know yep. we kind of just we, we expanded maybe quite a bit too much but yeah um yeah, the other example I could think of that just doesn't need a fucking repress would be like He Who Corrupts, um, Micro, whatever it was. Oh, the um, that's Micro like Economics. That's, that's their that's their that's just their kind of like discography-ish weird like like later stuff. Um, it's it just I guess I'm just disheartened to see people so fucking stoked on vinyl represses as much as I am too, and. I feel like a lot of money is getting spent on very expensive represses when that money could be going to bands who are actually fucking active, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I guess the guys who were in these bands formerly probably have families and kids, so by that rationale, it's a it's a great thing, but, like, yeah, I don't know. Just I think it's, it is legitimately, I mean, I guess, like, you just from what... Hopefully you're doing both if you're doing one of them, like... <laughs> Man, I guess it's just a time and a place, and it's my personal opinion. What like what record comes up? Like, oh, why is that one getting repressed? But yeah, anyways, it's just certain records shouldn't be touched again. That's all. I agree, especially when they're just like, just like very like lo-fi fucking recordings to begin with. Anyway, mm-hmm. the program drums like. <laughs> well, I guess there's some bands that I absolutely love that have program drums that pressed vinyl that I absolutely bought that aren't really super open about the fact the drums are programmed. But that's a whole <clears> other story. <throat> yeah, it's a little stuff, a little different there. That's a, yeah, that's a oh man, that's not even a dig. Honestly, I I understand. It's just like why can't we be transparent about the fact that we're using, you know, samples? Like, there's no shame in it. Maybe you wanted to save money on drum mics and just mixing and you know mixing all the drum mics together and everything whatever mm-hmm. so that was thank you thank you so much for those listener questions guys uh again if you want to hit us up on if you want to hit us up on boxer or twitter or facebook or 
uh, any of our other pro- platforms or platforms. <laughs> yeah, that too. I'm really just I'm struggling right now. I don't know what it is. Dude, you and I are stumbling over our words. I couldn't even say your name earlier. I feel like this episode has had a lot less ums, though, so that's good. Thanks. Yeah, I, I'm terrible at that. Sorry, everyone. Next, we're going to talk about Florida Man. Florida Man are a noise rock post-punk band from Seattle. I really struggled to describe this one, but we'll get to that. Uh, they released their debut full-length in 2017, two singles in 2019, and now they're back with their second full-length album, post-violence which they released back in march again just really catching up on march over here the band described themselves as post-violence um which is also the name of the album and i'm assuming that must be short for post-power violence although confusingly this doesn't really resemble power violence or have any of its traits um such as the extremely short song titles but um it does strike me as rather iconoclastic so there is that uh, and it also sort of has that raw production quality. Uh, even more confusingly, I don't know if you picked up on this, but there's another band called Florida Man with a sound that's not completely dissimilar. <laughs> I was I was so fucking confused. I yeah, there's, so there's another confused. Florida Man with the fucking orange on the album cover. Yeah, um, and I'm really glad that at least I got, I was like, well, it's probably this Florida Man that just came out with something, so let's go with that one first. And thankfully, <laughs> I picked the right one. But yeah, uh, I definitely noticed just two Florida Mans. But the thing about the other Florida Man is that they're a bit more polished and straightforward rock and roll, whereas our Florida Man we're talking about now kind of... Is not. No. They, they seek to tear down musical tropes and are taking a lot more risk in their sound. So that being said, uh, this really is post-something. Uh, it's very difficult to describe. It does. So I was like, post-violence? I'm like, what? Um, but after... Uh, it's kind of like a, our our no wave discussion, okay? Mm-hmm, where I was much. like, "Fuck, is it gonna be another one where I have to look this up and see if it's a real thing or not?" But no, um, post violence. Like once once I listened to this, it totally made sense to me. Um, so I gotta say, track one was pretty unique to me. Um, the track Ruiner. It's got like this mix. It's kind of a cool intro, like just this mix of like background voices and sounds, and like in between these like blasts. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I when track- I first heard that track, I was like, oh, God, I hope the rest of the record is not like this. But, yeah, it's more like just an intro. So the way I would describe these guys um, is like this like heavy, sludgy kind of math core, I guess. Um, they, they have these like like little kind of like, yeah. imprompt kind of like jazzy elements at times. Very like <laughs> very like like the uh, it, it is the grit um, from I Hate God and Psyopis like but something else is in there like it, it, that was a comparison so... the latter did not jump out at me but i hear exactly what you're saying on some very select sequences oh listen listen to i hate god and come back to these guys um they I have mean, this I mean, grit and grind Psyopis, oh, oh Psyopis too. But... i mean that, i mean they have the same this it's the same idea these are two completely different bands but what i'm saying is the grit and grime of those two um I, it, it's it this is like they got this kind of like crusty element here um mm-hmm. i was i really dug this um it's almost like i would expect this to be like all like some of these tracks to already be on like some like split seven inch with another crust band or something like that like that's kind of where i'm getting this vibe from like this it almost sounds like it i don't know man i i it sounds like i should have already had this in my fucking record collection basically Um, (laughs) i have i have a pretty good little collection of like older crust records and uh this one if if it was, I would be collecting it. Um, I really dug this a lot. Uh, the, the the tracks I thought were going to be a lot shorter with the whole you know post violence thing, but mm-hmm. you, you got you got tracks going into four minutes long and they yeah. have one shorter than a minute, so it's all over the place. Yeah, 
it's like I think that what I was about to say is that this project could probably best be just described under the punk umbrella, given just the playful exuberance and complete and utter fucking belligerence on some of these tracks. Um, but there are elements of hardcore grind, power violence, post-punk, and heavy noise rock and noise core. Even like a little bit of sludge, as you were saying, briefly math core. It's fucking wild ride. Uh, I think the album has a real slow start, though. I think that you don't really see them start to hit their stride until the end of track three, licking my fingers at the lepers. The song itself has a bit of a slow start. It's sleepy, atmospheric um, in the midsection. But the last 30 seconds is this start-stop, almost artificial harmonic-sounding sequence interlaced with this Rory Scovel stand-up routine about anal sex. And it's just so so fucking good. And that is where I'm hearing now the Psy Opus comparison from you. That's where it definitely would kind of occur to me, they're sort of channeling that at least up to a minor degree. This is why we're friends. Yeah, and they, they bring the same kind of phrase in the next song, Crocodile Whiplash Smile, which I think is the song that we should play, by the way. Um, which is another one of the better cuts on the album. Uh, I liked track three, track four, and I also liked All My Ibexes Live in Texas. <laughs> and although much like uh, Licking My Fingers at the Lepers, track three, it doesn't really, I don't care for the beginning of the song at all, but the end is massive and really just full of genuine anguish, anguish and emotion. That and the song title is just fucking hilarious. Yep. Um, I, I would say track. Tra- I mean, tr- uh, track three uh, was my one of my favorites. I uh, I would say. I think we should give him the the debut single, the Crocodile Whiplash Smile, because it's got the same phrasing from track three, but it's it starts off a lot more interesting. I don't want to make our listeners sit through like a minute or so or or more of just kind of more slower stuff. Oh, I get it. Yep. And if you're a fan of Kin Mode, agoraphobic nosebleed, dazzling Kilman, uh, Primus. <laughs> Yo, those were really good right there. That that yeah, absolutely. Uh fucking what's another really bass heavy? What's that that French coil guns? I don't know. Yep. I'm I'm real stre- I'm stretching here, but just like it's a real bass low signal heavy project. It feels like there's not even an electric guitar on this record. It just feels like oh, the bass. Oh, yeah. If you yeah, uh, I hate God um on the I hate God tinge a uh, weed eater too. Kind of there like you go. that that heavy bass. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to go ahead and play for you uh Crocodile Whiplash Smile, which is track four from Post Violence, which is uh, Florida Man's new album, which just came out back in March. Here we go.
Alright, so that was Crocodile Whiplash Smile, which is track four from Post Violence, Florida Man's new album that came out back in March. So next, we're going to talk about Red Shores. Red Shores is a mathcore metalcore solo project from Lansing, UK, featuring the homie Caleb Morganfield, who's uh, been a tremendous and longtime supporter of mathcore index and frankly, every one of my personal endeavors. So the least we could do is show him some love and talk about this new single. Uh, they play mathcore and metalcore with plenty of stuttering staccato, uh, but the project actually displays a fairly wide range of sounds and influences over the course of the discography. First, I just want to talk about what a massive improvement this is. This project, I'm not sure if you went back and listened to the older I stuff. I did. But I did. Yeah. I'm sure you noticed this has come a long way from the inception. Uh, the leap in quality between the earlier releases and this one is definitely noteworthy. And that's not to say that the older material is necessarily bad, but just composition-wise, sound-wise, it's just all improved along with the vocals and the instrumentation. Um, just in retrospect, the second leg of that EP is a pretty tough listen. Uh, so it's cool to see this project really making some serious project progress rather it's really cool to see well i mean you know especially with a with a with just you know one person project um mm -hmm. i feel like you know you you almost have like that that free range just to put something out and you kind of like work out the kinks you know because i mean and no it's, one it's to like you. filter you know filter out your bad ideas and bounce ideas yeah. off of yeah i mean you basically gotta put you almost gotta throw something to the wall to see if it sticks so i could i, I mean you definitely like because I'm, I'm gonna hit even more releases and i've definitely noticed if you go back on some on, on most of our one person projects they're pretty prolific as far as like what they've put out in the time span or like they put out you know it's just i i feel like you almost have like a pass to just keep putting things out into the ether until you f dial it in um yeah I, and he's absolutely been very prolific too so that's why i think why we're getting to that point he's been absolutely. able to work out some of the, the um the inferior <laughs> songs that are in his system you know on early releases yep um i i i think this is really positive and solid uh as far as just the uh the instrumental work and the programming that just as uh one individual yes. does the yes. voc the vocal range uh was not much for me but hey that's i mean it's all good man uh i thank you for posting the lyrics you're probably one you might be the one motherfucking band today that posted fucking lyrics so right. <laughs> shout out to that i guess that was my complaint as well i feel like the the vocals sit a little weird in the mix mm -hmm, and that may, mm -hmm. maybe uh maybe the technique has improved uh, room for improvement um but overall they have significantly improved the vocals what i do like about this project and this, this song in general are the guitars which are way more present in the mix and the drums which are crisp and snappy and fairly convincing for being programmed and they all come together really nice and snappy, to use that word again, on every staccato sequence, which is so important for a mathcore band. You want your staccato sequences when you're doing your Morse code thing to fucking just pop, want that shit to pop. And the snare sound is great, and the guitars are really well mixed together with that. And that is my honest assessment. Yeah, I think the only thing that really needs improvement is the vocals and the mixing thereof. Christian likes his bands to pop. Well, I like my bands to pop. Go ahead and just pop off that shirt for me real quick. Um, so <laughs> we're going to go ahead and play for you... Uh, oh, it, quick FFO. If you're a fan of Dillinger, The Chariot, and Every Time I Die, the latter two of which are more apparent on the older part of the discography, I think you'll really enjoy what the direction that Red uh, Shores are headed. So we're going to listen to My Lungs Are Full of Water, But I Don't Have the Heart to Drown 
which is just what a fucking awesome. fantastic and visceral song title, right? Um, it's and awesome. That came, yeah, and that came out on March 27th of 2020. Here we go. So that was My Lungs Are Full of Water, But I Don't Have the Heart to Drown, the new single from Red Shores, and that came out on March 27th. And again, just fucking big ups to Caleb. You've you fucking you come a long way, boy. You're doing good. Keep keep it up. Keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised to see no one has partnered with him, like, to, to do to do uh, another band. Like is, should be is collaborating the scene, with the- Is the scene big in Lansing? You can't know about <laughs> Lansing in particular, but I know that there's like the dude from what is it? Um, Rekka the Minotaur has been searching for band members forever. So, what is that fucking guy's name? James I don't know, but Sebastian I see the something there. or other. Go hit him yeah. up on. I'm sure fucking Caleb knows exactly what I'm talking about. James, go hit up James, Caleb. You guys should collab. And uh, wow, shit! I think that about uh, wraps it up. I think we're done here. Cool. Um, but bef- before we before we finish, just want to remind everybody, again, please follow us on Spotify. Please subscribe on Apple uh, Podcasts. Leave us a review. Leave us five stars. Again, if you have any questions, comments, complaints, concerns, confessions, you can send us an email to mathcoreindex at gmail.com. I just set up the Voxer. I'll try to link that as well. We love, 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 love getting your voicemails. Um, and... We're hopefully going to start doing um, people calling into the podcast a little more often, too. I'm trying to get the particulars of that figured out, so we can actually bring for you more guests. I feel like it's been way too long since we actually had a guest. We've only technically had one guest on this podcast. It was Quaid. Quaid, right? yeah, sit-in. Yeah, for the only sit-in, basically. Yeah, we got, we got to do that more often. I really, I really enjoy having a third person there. So with that, uh, I guess we're about that about wraps up the 44th episode of MathCast. I'm your host, Christian. And I'm your co-host, Levi. And we'll be back again next month with some more 
sick underground bands. Good night and stay beautiful.